2: And we join him right now with today's message.
1: One year ago, we did a whole series on the name of God. And in the Old Testament, the Hebrews, and the Hebrew language, they did not have vowels, no vowels in the Hebrew language. We have five vowels in the English language, A, E, I, O, and U. But in the original Hebrew language, It was only consonants. There were no vowels. It's a very difficult language to learn and to be able to read. And the name for God had no vowels in it. The name for God only had four letters. They're in your notes. Y-H-W-H. That's the name of God. And those four letters, as you read through the Old Testament, write this down, are found 6,800 and 23 times. That's a lot of times you see God's name in the Old Testament. Even though we see these four letters close to 7,000 times, no one on the planet Earth knows how to pronounce the name of God in its original Hebrew language. I want you to write this down. As we go throughout the scriptures, however, God's character, God's nature is revealed. For example, when you read the book of Genesis, the first book in the Bible, God reveals himself as the creator God. In Exodus, he's revealed as the redeemer. In Leviticus, he reveals himself as the high priest. In Numbers, he's the Savior, the one who's lifted high. In Deuteronomy, he's the lawgiver and our teacher. In Joshua, he's revealed as the captain of the Lord's army. In the book of Judges, you should be able to figure this out. He's revealed as the judge of all the ages. In the book of Ruth, he's the kinsman redeemer. In Samuel, he's the root of Jesse and the son of David. In the book of Kings, he's the king of kings. And the Lord of Lords. In Chronicles, he's our intercessor and the great historian. In the book of Ezra, he's the rebuilder of the house of God. In Nehemiah, he's a mighty wall. He is our protector. In Esther, God is revealed as our deliverer. In Job, he is the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. In the book of Psalms, he's the song of all the ages. He is the shepherd. In Proverbs, he's the wisdom and the truth. In Ecclesiastes, he's our purpose and our reason to live. In Song of Solomon, he's the rose of Sharon and the wonderful lover. In Isaiah, he's the mighty counselor, the prince of peace, the everlasting father. In Jeremiah, he's the balm of Gilead, the soothing salve for your sin sick soul. In Ezekiel, he's the will in the middle of the will. In Daniel, he's the cornerstone. In Hosea, he's the great forgiver. And not only through the Old Testament books, but in the New Testament books. In Galatians, he is your liberty. In Ephesians, he is the head of the church. In Philippians, he is your joy. In Colossians, he is your rescuer and your inheritance. In Thessalonians, he's your hope and your glory. In Hebrews, he is the perfect one. In Revelation, he is the soon and coming king. So we know as we read through the Bible that his nature and his character is revealed. But I want to go back to his name, those four letters, 7,000 times, yet no one knows how to pronounce it. Why? Why do we not know how to pronounce his name? The reason, one of the reasons is because the nation of Israel, when they came to the name of God, they had such reverence for his name that they refused to even utter his name. Now in the 7th and 8th century, man, scribes, scholars, we inserted some vowels. We put an A in there, we put an E in there, and so we call it Yahweh. But we came up with that. That's not his real name. His real name are those four letters. In fact, Hebrews would say when they came to those four letters close to 7,000 times, they wouldn't even say his name. They would just say this phrase, Hashem, which means the name. They would say the name. They get to those four letters, the name. They say the name, Hashem, the name. But they wouldn't actually say the name. And so because of their reverence for his name... Israelites would not dare to speak of it. So it's never been passed down throughout all the generations, which leads me to my second point. Write this down. His name is holy. And that's not just his title. His character is holy. And if you miss this second line, you won't understand anything about the Lord's Prayer. The word hallowed 2,000 years ago was a very common word. Today, no one knows what it means. But the word hallowed means, I want you to write this down, it means to make separate. Or you could also write down to make holy. It's not just your name is holy, it means to make your name holy. Hallowed be your name. You're acknowledging that your heavenly father is pure, that he's untainted, that he's unpolluted, that he's separate from anything on this earth that is sinful, that is wicked, that is profane. Jesus wants you to realize that when you pray that the God you are praying to is holy, that he's unmarred by sin. He's not consumed like we are with irrational behavior and twisted thinking and evil ways and sinful thoughts and mischievous ways. The angels in Isaiah chapter 6 verse 3, they cry out to the Lord, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. Isaiah 57 verse 15 says, For this is what the high and lofty one says, he who lives forever whose name is holy revelation chapter 15 verse 4 who will not fear you O lord bringing glory to your name for you alone are what are worthy yes write this down he wants you to understand who you are addressing that the person you are addressing is not just a formal address like to the ceo of the whole world or to the chairman of the universe, or as some of you refer to God as the big guy upstairs. No, 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 no. He wants you to know that the God that you pray to is holy, that he's pure, that he's perfect, that he's unpolluted, that he's untainted, that he is a holy God. Now, there is a balance here. You have to understand this balance. Our Father in heaven that last week, Abba, Our Father, Abba, He has an intimate relationship with His children. Yes. But on the other hand, He is a holy, holy God. On one hand, we have the closeness of God, our Father, our Abba, our Papa. But on the other hand, we have the the purity of God, the holiness of God. And if God is just holy, is is, is that all you see God is just a holy God? then he's a distant God. And if all you have is the closeness to God, then you won't have the the reverence for God that you should have. There has to be both. Now I want to give you a sermon inside of a sermon. And the sermon inside the sermon is this. If you would only realize how holy and how pure God is, then you would realize how sinful you are. And that shouldn't scare you. That's a good thing. Because if you truly understand how holy God is and you understand how sinful you are, then you understand your need for grace. And you understand that God's love and redeeming grace is upon you. And what we do so often is we dumb God down. He's not this holy entity. He's just the big guy upstairs, right? And what that does is we don't have to confront our sin. We don't need to cry out to God for His grace because we've shrunk God or we've made God into the God of our image. Because if you really understood who God is and His holiness and His purity, you wouldn't go out and commit the sins that you commit. You just wouldn't do it. Not because you're a fear of God, but because you are so appreciative of the grace of God. But I am convinced, I am convinced that the sins that we all commit come down to one truth, and that is that none of us in here truly understand the holiness of God. Because if you understood His holiness, you would not be committing the sins that we commit. Write this down, number three. The Bible says that we are to make His name hallowed. We are to make. It's something that we do. Now, this is, this is kind of strange. It's kind of hard to explain this and to understand this but the bible says our father when you pray pray these words our father in heaven hallowed be your name and that means to make his name holy now how do you make someone who's already holy holy and i'll let you know there is nothing that i could ever do to make god holier than he already is amen god is just holy But what he means by saying, hallowed be your name, we are to reveal his holiness to the world by how we live our lives. The Bible says in 1 Peter 3.15, in your heart set apart Christ as Lord. Two dimensions to being holy people. Number one, write this down. If you're going to be holy people, it means two things. Number one, your allegiance. It means that you belong to God. It means that God is first and everything flows down from Him. That God is supposed to be first in your home. He is first in your marriage. God is first in your finances. God is first in your time management. God is first in your heart. Your allegiance is to God. In other words, if it comes down between your allegiance to the government or your allegiance to God, it's God. If your allegiance comes down between all your friends and God, it should be God. If it comes down to yourself or God, it's God. If it comes down between what the world wants and what God wants, our allegiance is to what God wants. God called Israel with all of their ups and downs, he called them a holy people. And the Bible says in 1 Peter 2, verse 9, he called them a holy nation, a people belonging to God. The nation of Israel belonged to God. And I believe that the United States of America, that we should be a people that belong to God, In other words, you shouldn't, God is saying, you belong to me. You shouldn't bow down and worship the false gods of Baal. You shouldn't worship the heathen gods of this world, the false gods of this world. But the second part of holiness, and and, and you should know this, is purity. Not only do we belong to him, our allegiance is to him, but we are to meet God's standard to make his name holy is to reflect who he is in our lives. Our lives should reflect the holiness of God. In the New Testament, the Bible says this in 1 Peter 1.16. God says, be holy because I am holy. And what that means is our hearts should be pure. Our minds should be should be pure. Our words, the words that come out of your mouth, should be pure. Your thoughts, should be pure. Listen, I know the culture in America, especially in LA, it's like a tsunami, that just bowls us over. And Christians, Christians, if you wear the name of Christ, I meet too many Christians that go, well, I can listen to this music and I can watch these shows and I can go to any movie I want to go to. I'm covered by the grace of God. I'm not going to be judged on that. I can hang out with whoever I want and I can go wherever I want to go. But as a Christian, your heart is supposed to be pure. So you have to guard What you see, what you watch. You have to guard the music that you listen to. You can't just go wherever you want and do whatever you want and say whatever you want. Your heart is supposed to be pure. Your mind is supposed to be pure. Your thoughts are supposed to be pure. Your marriage is supposed to be pure. Your motives are supposed to be pure. Your bodies are supposed to be pure. And when you say, hallowed be your name, you're entering into God's presence. And when you enter into God's presence, you're to live a life that reflects His holiness, right? And it's the presence of God that shapes us. Now, I understand that man, left to our own devices, that all of us are going to engage in a thing called sin. Because we're sinful people. But when you say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, and you realize that God is a holy God, and then you start to understand as a believer that God put His Spirit, His Holy Spirit, inside of you, and that wherever you take this earthly temple, I don't care where you go, I don't care what you're doing, that god's holy spirit resides in you most of the stuff that we get caught up in we would never get caught up in that if we understood that god's presence was within us Amen. amen moses saw a burning bush it was a bush that was on fire yet it was not being consumed and so he rushed out to see this sight. and the bible says in exodus chapter 3 verse 4 that god called to him from within that bush and god said you remember moses moses and moses said here i am now i would have run in the opposite direction (laughs) but verse 5 god said these words do not come any closer god said take off your sandals for the place you are standing is what It's holy ground. You know what that reminded me of? Well, several years ago, I went over to Korea because in Korea, they have the largest churches in the world. There's one church. They have 800,000 members. One church. Some of you think this is a big church. This is nothing compared to the churches over in Korea. And they have churches that run 200,000, 100,000. And I would find someone who would get me inside because I wanted to see inside the church. And just me being me, I wanted to get up on the platform and see, you know, <laughs> what it looks like. And inevitably, inevitably, I'd find a janitor or a pastor or someone who worked there. And I would start to walk up on the stage. And they'd go, hey, 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 I'd go, what, what, what? You've got to take your shoes off. i go, what? He said, you've got to take your shoes off. And the reason you couldn't even walk up on the stage, you had to take your shoes off because they believed that the platform... That the platform where God's word was taught that that area was holy. I was like, there's nobody in here, it's Tuesday. (laughs) Doesn't matter. Take off your shoes, that's holy ground. And I just want to say this to you we need more of that attitude here in the United States of America. And I'm just praying that the next time that you pray, the next time you talk to God, before you ever get to your long list of all the things you want God to do for you, take some time and walk into the presence of God and realize that you're walking into the presence of a holy God. Yes, He's your Abba, Papa, your Dada. He wants you to talk. He wants to have this conversation with you. But don't ever forget the fact that He's a holy God and you need to revere His name. By the way you live your life. And number four, as we close, write this down reverence is a choice. Psalm 115, verse 1 says, Not to us, O Lord, not to us. And I want you to say those words. I want you to say, Not to us, O Lord, not to us. Say those words. Not to us. Notice what it says. It says, Not to us, O Lord, not to us but to your name be the glory you have to decide who you're going to honor we live in a secular self-centered world where we thank all of us we think the whole world revolves around us but we have to choose you get to choose why why must we choose because god will never ever force you to ever honor him He wants you to honor him because you've chosen to honor him. He put everything in the Garden of Eden. He told Adam and Eve, you can't eat that fruit, that tree, because he wanted them to choose whether or not they were going to obey or not obey. He wanted them to choose if they were going to honor him or not honor him. And in the same way, God wants every single person in here you look at everything in this world and there's a lot in this world and you look at everything in this world has to offer but out of all these things you say "Uh, uh, 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 god i want to choose to honor you above all things worship is a choice who you honor is a choice who you choose to please is a choice and many of us are too busy and we're too preoccupied and we're too self-absorbed And we're too consumed with our own glory and with our own pleasure and with what we want. And we're so consumed with self that we're never ever able to come to Him and offer Him the glory that is due Him. Not to us, O Lord, not to us. It's a choice that You make. Write this down. It's not enough to praise Him with your lips, yet to deny Him with your lives. He doesn't want lip service. He wants you to truly honor Him with your life true story a guy had a German shepherd dog you know what a German shepherd dog looks like it's like a police dog this guy had you know when you get a dog you have to name it right so here's what he named his German shepherd dog he named it the Lord so he would go around telling people the Lord is my shepherd think about think about that what are you talking about the lord is my shepherd he named his shepherd dog the lord and i just want you to know that you can say the lord is my shepherd does not mean that he's your shepherd you can call yourself a christian but just because you call yourself a christian doesn't make you a christian the bible says there are many people who will say to me on that day lord lord and the lord's going to say well i don't even know who you are so it's one thing to say, hallowed be your name. You can say, hallowed be your name. He doesn't, he doesn't want to just hear those words. He wants everything you do in this life to make him holy. When we pray, hallowed be your name, we're also asking God to show the holiness of his reputation through us.
2: If you were blessed by Pastor Dudley's message and would like to pray with someone, our phone counselors are available and ready for your call. Her number is easy to remember. You can call us at 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. If you would like more information about Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Shepherd Church, or this ministry, be sure to visit our website, liftupjesus.com. Our address again is liftupjesus.com. We have a special gift for everyone listening today to help with your daily Bible reading. It's our Anchored Journal, a complete 365-day Bible reading guide and journal that will help you stay connected to God's Word throughout the coming year. It works with any version of the Bible you are currently reading. The Anchored Journal comes in a choice of colors and can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. It's as simple as calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. You won't want to miss out on this limited-time offer, so be sure to call right now. Our number again is 888-818-4777. The Anchor Journal can also be found on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Get yourself anchored to God's Word with your personal Anchor Journal today.